Hello and welcome to another episode of the In The Round podcast. Uh, again, it's the unfamiliar voice of me, Mike, hosting this week. Will, unavailable for selection, unfortunately, for a second week running. Uh, should have him back next week. But that does mean that joining me, um, like they do every week, Pod Ross in the top right of my screen. Good evening. And down below him, on the computer screen at least, Dave Harris, the Mosley Marauder. How are you, mate? Hello. Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Excellent. Um, I don't think any of us have watched much football, so this should be interesting. But uh, me and Dave did watch the Carabao Cup final together, so yeah, I'm a bit biased, so I'll throw it to you, Dave. What did you think of the game? Um, I thought Man U were obviously the better team. Um, I think it was much more sort of polished from United. I think they went into it with much more of a a solid game plan. I feel like Newcastle, he took he took a couple of risks, like not massively sure St. Maximin, like given, you know, what he's like as the best sort of player. I mean, for what it's worth, I actually thought he was quite, he was okay, but Wan-Bissaka totally um, shut him down. And, so Maximum's one of those players where he can be brilliant, but he's going to lose the ball a lot of times. I thought that was maybe a bit questionable to to put him in there. Um, for what's worth, Carrius was was pretty good to be for, to be honest. <laughs> I feel like it's popular to bash him because of how he was at Liverpool, but I thought he was fine. Manu, yeah, I think when you look at the two squads. The Man U midfield with Casemiro is just a different, a different thing to come up against. And they, I thought this game was winning midfield. I didn't think Joel Linton and Bruno Gimaraes really got a hold of of the game at all. I felt like Man U were having a lot much. That they were just much better in midfield. They were on the ball more, but they were first of what it felt like practically every second ball in midfield. So. That's how I feel about it, really. Uh, Man U deserve winners. Newcastle, they were, came in as underdogs, and I mean they they did some decent. They were decent enough in the second half. I just think what sums it up is Jacob Murphy came closest to scoring for them. That was a good strike as well. It we was a great uh, strike. I was a bit worried for a second because, typical of me, I slated him as he came on. I I, uh, I think I said something along the lines of the tie was over as the ball goes up with Jacob the Murphy's number coming on in green, uh, and then he almost scored an absolute worldie. Yeah, it really from, be from Matic range at, at Wembley, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I've just been seeing today, and I've I've just got Ross to watch the goal, Dave. That they've given Rashford the goal, the second goal. Uh, no. I don't know if you've seen this, but I'm pretty sure his shot was off target. The I remember the camera angle they showed at the time from behind the goal certainly looked like it was going quite far wide. Big deflection goes past Carrius, who was already on his way down, so probably yeah. not his fault. Ross, you've just seen it. I've just seen it. It's, the shot's almost certainly going wide. Yeah, I don't think it's close. I can't believe they've given him that. So, yeah, so it was given as Rashford's initially. Then they gave it to Botman, own goal, who obviously doesn't want it. Uh, and now it's back 
officially to Rashford. And I thought the rule was that it had to be on target. But maybe not. Yeah, well, as far as I know, that is the rule. Yeah, definitely. Has to be on target. Maybe they do what they like in the Carabao Cup, (laughs) because it doesn't really matter, but there you go. From what I heard... People were saying that Carriers should have done better with that, but I don't see... Rashford hits it down into the ground. It then comes off a defender, and he's already on the way down. I don't really know what else he's supposed to do with that, if I'm being honest. Agreed. Yeah, we all thought, watching it together, there was about six of us, we all agreed with that assessment. Yeah. I was just going for what I heard on the radio, but yeah. Seems like... Everyone just... As Dave said, everyone just wants any excuse to bash Carriers for... After the Champions League final. And that was, what was that, 2018? That was. Was it 18? Yeah, five years ago, I think. So, I mean, we're still, obviously, he hasn't played a ton of games, particularly in England since then, but we're still still bashing him for that, apparently. It's, it's hilarious. People like Lloris are dropping clangers every other week and no one cares. Well, look at Kepa and That's... Mandy at Chelsea always making mistakes whenever they play. Yeah, it's a fair point. The Spurs effect for Lloris. I can't explain the Chelsea one as much. but <laughs> Because people are probably putting Lloris up there as one of the best goalies we've had in the Prem. I just don't see it, personally. But anyway. Yeah, I, yeah, I, would, I wouldn't put him close either. Um, the Newcastle fans, I thought, were excellent. I think with about five minutes to go, they got the flags out again. It was pretty... It was quite a sight, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Um with the camera panning round at 2-0 down in a cup final. I know they haven't been to one for a while, but it was still impressive that they stuck with their team all the way to the end. Um, and even, I think, while while sort of the trophy and stuff were given out, they were still there with their flags and stuff. I thought that was pretty impressive. I know this is what the Newcastle fans are like. Give them any excuse and they'll be, they'll be down there with their tops off. But yeah, it was quite a sight. Uh, I don't know, obviously I wasn't there, I don't know what the atmosphere was like, but it felt like the Newcastle fans were outdoing the United fans for most of the game. Which is odd, because you'd think United fans have been well up for this, given recent years, it's been six years since they won something. Um, I, I guess it's been longer for Newcastle, and they've been down lower. But both teams, you would think, are going to be in finals in the coming years, so... Um, Certainly looks that way, doesn't it? Yeah. If I was the Newcastle fan, I wouldn't be too concerned that you've lost this one. They'll they'll be back yeah. in more finals very soon. I think it's. I don't think we're jumping the gun, and I don't think this is so much of a false dawn this time with United. I think Ten Hag does know what he's doing. He's got some genuine players in there. The the little triangle at the back with with Casemiro and then Martinez and Varane behind looks yeah. really nice. Casemiro is so good. He is unbelievable, isn't he? He had another brilliant game yesterday. He was so good. The guy's just everywhere. He must be the easiest midfielder to play alongside. Um, It's like when Madrid won so much, is it, with Kroos and Modric in front of that? Unreal stuff. Yeah, him just allowing them to to literally just run the thing. It's Yeah, it's crazy. I I didn't realise how good this guy was until he's he's come over. He's, He's unbelievable. He's won something like his last nine finals or something like that. I saw. He's got a win ratio of uh, of eleven of twelve finals, ninety two point eight percent in his whole career. Lost that's, one. That's outrageous. 
That is unbelievable. Yeah. It sounds, I think it, it does sound a bit cliche, but having people like him and Varane in there, and I guess Martinez now, World Cup winner, seems to make a massive difference to what we play like on the big stage and how we, even just how we close out games, they just know how to get it over the line. And at, yeah. Well. Sorry, and at 2-0 yesterday, I think someone said, do you think the game's over? And I was like, yeah, I think this game's done. And it was still in the first half then, but I trust Ten Hag and obviously some of those players on that pitch to get it done. Um, Pope obviously will come back in for Newcastle. He was, he was a big miss, even though Carrius, in our opinion, didn't make a huge, any huge errors. Where would you look in the summer if you're a Newcastle to upgrade, assuming they're going to be in Europe, I think, in some uh, form, aren't they? Don't know how you got what comes to mind for you guys first, but I generally think another striker. I mean, Callum Wilson this season, um, I feel like he's already starting to sort of decline. And also, Isaac clearly can't stay fit. Do you want to risk fighting on more fronts with potentially just Isaac being the one, the one striker you'd really want to be playing? Um, I don't know. I mean, the thing is with Newcastle is, unfortunately for them, they're trying to do a Man City project when all the financial play barriers are are up, so they can't they can't go basically buying like seven of the new starting eleven, can they? Like City could. I know striker. I feel like a left, maybe a left winger, someone that's going to be. Like, I feel like St. Maximin's had his moments, but uh, I think he's more than proven that he's just not consistent enough over the duration of seasons. I feel he's like defensively, it. they've been absolutely solid, to be honest. I think they've been pretty solid. I, I don't know how many they've conceded this season, but it feels like they've got a pretty good defence. They've had one of the better defences, I think, this season, haven't they? They have I only conceded uh, best defence in the league by quite by a different... miles. They've only conceded 15 goals in the league this year. Eight better than uh, Arsenal, Arsenal, who are next best. That is impressive. I yeah. mean, obviously, they had Botman but, in, new signing, Trippier in. That was last year. But I mean, Fabian uh, Shah's still there. He's been there a long time. He's been he's been really good this season. Yeah. Probably. I mean, he's been playing alongside some clowns down the years. I was going to say, it helps having someone with two legs next to you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's Dan Byrne, though, at left-back. He's not your archetypal sort of full-back these days, but I would think maybe they would look at another full-back, maybe. I think if you're playing in Europe, you you could make Dan Byrne look a bit a bit silly, maybe. Potentially. Yeah. I think he's a good player, but if and it's like Vinicius Junior going at him, then... Oh, God. That's I mean, he's going to make anyone look silly, I guess, but... Some 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 uh, wingers maybe going to pick on his pace a little, I think. But yeah, yeah I think we... a striker, Dave. Sorry, Mike. Uh, no, I mean, Wilson's got seven in the league. Which means so he's, he's only on got track, one more to score. He's on track for a Callum Wilson season. Well, he's only got one goal left. That's the trouble for him. Uh, I, I've liked what I've seen of, of uh, Isaac. Yeah, he, he does look good. This is only his first season, so... Obviously, he struggled with injury this year, but that's, I don't know what his track record was like in Spain. But hopefully, I mean, they, they spent enough on him that he's going to be their guy, you would think, or they believe in him to be their guy. Yeah. 
But I mean, you you probably want three strikers, don't you? But I mean, if Callum Wilson's going to be your backup long term, that's probably that's okay. Good. Yeah. I think that would be better than yeah than him being the main man. I think Dave, you're probably right. So Maximan shows in flashes that he can do literally anything he likes on a football pitch, but it's it's so often in just little flashes. When he when he's on though, he literally controls the game. He just you can't get it off him. But yeah, Dallow was them. having a, an awful time against him yesterday. Took off half time and then Wambasaka and then Wambasaka just. Oh, I, I saw some sort of stat about he, he made uh, whatever 100% tackle success and also never got dribbled past yet. In the, I know it's 45 minutes, but against the maximum, you think he might beat him once, but didn't have a sniff after that change. Well, you don't see enough of that from managers, I don't think. Changing things that are obviously are obvious changes at half time, bringing on a more defensive fullback. Because when what was the score at half time? Were they up two now? It was 2-0, so Dallow on a yellow, that was an obvious, that was an obvious one to I make. I feel like you still don't, don't see it too often. You sat there screaming at the TV thinking. That's true, probably not a half time, and then they come out, and within 10 minutes of the second half, they're, they're having an early bath. Yep. And that's no good for anyone, so. Yep. So yes, smart from Ten Hag. I also would like to see that a bit more from managers. It just seems a bit obvious. Maybe we're maybe we're the thick ones, but it just seems it seems obvious to do well, that. That's almost certainly true, but I think United have definitely turned uh, a major corner this season with Ten Hag. Yeah, it's been a good week to be fair. Beating Barcelona, obviously, I know it's the Europa League that was playoff, playoff round, but playing against a team like Barcelona in that felt a lot bigger than than that round. They've been so good in the league this year. Yeah, they have. And then they bloody lost to Almeria yesterday, which cost me a few quid, but there you go. <laughs> they've only lost... They've only this is the second time they've lost, is it? I think. But they've considered a lot in Europe, though. Interesting. Yeah, no, that's what that's what's nuts. Yeah, that is super weird. Who have you got in the next round, Mike, for that? Europa? Uh, Real Betis, I think. So, got, you, I mean, uh, they're not as good as Barcelona, so you would, if we're going by that formula, we should get Well, you beat the top team in Spain, haven't you, so. Yeah. Yeah. So, in theory, we should get past that. Who did Arsenal get? Sporting Lisbon. They're, they're having a good season, by all accounts, but again, we should win. I would, I, I haven't looked at the, the odds, but I would imagine that United and Arsenal are now the favourites for the Europa. Gotta be. Surely. Surely. It would have been us with Barca. I, I don't know, actually, who's still hanging around in the Europa. We can do it. Just give me one moment, and I'm, I'm pulling it up. It's not right. a competition I follow. <laughs> it's close. It's <laughs> okay, we've got Sporting Arsenal. So, yeah, uh, Union Berlin against Union saint Gilloise. Oh, so well. I said that right. Uh, Leverkusen against Ferran Varos. Roma and Real Sociedad, Shakhtar, Donetsk against Feyenoord, United against Betis, uh, Juve against Freiburg, that, that's a, a big club, I don't know how good Juve are anymore, but, and then Sevilla, Fenerbahce, so yeah, probably the two English teams the favourites in that, I'd have thought. I feel good about Arsenal beating anyone other than, I mean, other than United, I, I think, but I'd still feel reasonably good, I think. Because of how we played against you this year, but 
kind of hoping that neither of them draw Juventus till the semis. It's like, what I think what we want is Juve, Sevilla, United, Arsenal in the semis, probably. Sevilla oh, having an atrocious season. Oh, yeah. are they? Okay. So they're in the relegation zone, I think, aren't they? Yeah. Okay, well, keep... Betis those... are probably better, but obviously they're playing here already. Roma, do you know? I was going to say, Union Berlin. Let's keep Union Berlin in. They're having a, a belting season. Yeah, they just got bopped by Bayern at the weekend, which was a bit of a shame, but... Well, they're... Everyone gets bopped by Bayern, in fairness. Yeah. Right. Uh, should we look at the Champions League while we're, while we're doing a bit of yeah, European stuff? Yeah, why not? More fun than talking about the Prem this weekend. Oh, my God. Okay. Chelsea are 1-0 down to Dortmund. Next leg is on the 7th of March. That's disappointing. I, I don't feel that Chelsea could beat anyone right now, if I'm being honest. When is this next week? Uh, yes. Yeah, next week. So they've got to get through. So we've got Prem games midweek. Arsenal play, Is it Prem it? midweek, FA Cup at the weekend, and then... And then back to Champions League. This this sort of eight weeks between the start of Feb and the end of March, there is so many games if you're still in competitions like some of the English clubs are. That's why I'm glad Arsenal went out of the FA Cup, to be honest. It was the City, so no one one cares because you've lost to a good team. Great move. Uh, Benfica Club Bruges in the glamour tie of the round. Uh, it's 2 0 Benfica in that one. Bayern a 1 0 up against PSG. Spurs at home to Milan, but 1 0 down. Porto Inter's 1 0 Inter. City Leipzig's 1 each. Napoli a 2 0 up against Frankfurt. And then Madrid 5, Liverpool 2. Which, to be honest, I think I just brought up the Champions League just to mention that result. Yes, we didn't talk about it, did we? No, we were recording as the first half. Oh, that is true. Yeah, me and Mike were muted and pulling faces at what was going on on the screen. Yeah, so that was good fun, in fairness, trying to keep ourselves together and record a podcast during that first half. But yeah, what a game that was. Uh, Who would be your favourites, lads, for, for the Champions League? I mean, I feel like I always pick them, but... I just can't see that people were going to beat Madrid over two legs. Yeah, agreed. I think I picked them when we did this at the start of the season. It is hard to get, hard to bet against them. Uh, Bayern, if they can get past PSG, might be quite hard to stop. Yeah, I mean, if PSG go through just the Mbappe of it all, that just he can just win you win you any game. Uh, Napoli, bit of a powerhouse at the moment, but well, yeah, they, they've been unbelievable. The good thing for them is that if they want to make a run at the Champions League, Serie A's almost over already. Isn't yeah, it? and they're fifteen or sixteen points clear already. So they can they can put their their second team out in that and just really focus on the Champions League. They're two 0 up against Frankfurt, so they're looking good in in this round. And Frankfurt's best striker was sent off, so he won't be playing in the. The second leg. That's a good point. Everyone, everyone was saying that that kind of killed the tie, which is which is tough. Yeah, but, but not tough if you're Napoli, of course. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's there's some interesting second legs, um, and there was some chatter about how none of the English teams won, 
their first leg. Don't know if any of you saw that. Yeah. Saw, saw a classic meme of uh, Mitchell and Webb where instead of saying are we the Nazis, are we the Farmers League? <laughs> <laughs> that is excellent. That is excellent. Maybe we are, although all four are in the last 16. Who are we backing to get out of it? Chelsea may not be anyone ever again. I just, I, I can't even see them scoring a goal. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Oh man. Uh, Spurs, Milan. Could, uh, anything could happen there. Look, I, I, it, I'm back in Milan, to be honest. So, so far we're 0 2. Uh, Man City, Leipzig. Sure. I'm back City. Yeah. I just would love it if Leipzig did them. Like, I feel like it's kind of thing that's not spoken enough that, that Pep hasn't won the Champions League with Man City. Oh, I mean, it sorry. is spoken quite a bit about. I, I feel like people need to speak more about it. Yeah. It's a massive failure that he hasn't done that, I think. I, I feel like the last it, few years they've probably been the favourites. They have, they probably have for maybe the last three years. Well, the only thing that stops them from being the favourites is that they drop a clangor in every <laughs> in every year's tournament. Pretty much. Did you see? Did you see Pep's interviews before the last game? Like, I don't really care what happens. Um, yeah. He so, so strange. Oh, there's low. There's 16 good teams left in the competition. <laughs> he just set himself up to go out to Club Bruges at the next round. Well, this is what happens if you put. Uh, what's his name? Bernardo Silva at left back. You sell your best left back and have no replacement. Yeah, and then like because they're the they're like inverted fullbacks, they've got like Rico Lewis practically playing central midfield. Like yeah. he's a good player, but I don't know. It's a weird I've, situation. Anything could happen at City for the rest of the season, and uh, so we don't. We have no idea what will happen in that game. Probably City will win. So, and then we all think Madrid are going to hold on against Liverpool. I assume. Yeah, uh, five unanswered goals. Come back. Yeah. At Anfield, I think. I think that's finished him. I've never seen anything like that. That was incredible. Unbelievable. What they, what they did to him. Vin- yeah, Vinicius was was mad. The keepers. For it to happen to those keepers in the same path of football was was wild. Probably the two best. In the world, you'd probably say? Uh, they're probably at least two of the top three, I would imagine. At the very least, you can make you can make some cases up. Yeah, but but that was wild. Um, should we do a bit of Chelsea then while Will's away? We can, uh, <laughs> we can absolutely destroy them. I'm sure he'd, he'd love to do it himself. But Dave, what have you made of them recently? I mean, it's pretty desperate stuff, isn't it? I mean, even with the squad that they... I feel like what doesn't help here is, as well as doing helpful level with the spending in the summer, they they did it again in January. So it's not even... It's not even a case of it just being like, yeah, they spent loads of money in the summer. They spent loads of money twice, and they seem to have gone, well, pretty rapidly backwards to where they were before they even spent the money, it feels like, which is quite impressive. I mean, I actually have a stat about Enzo Fernandez, by the way. Oh, well, here we go. It's time for Dave's stat of the week. So, Enzo Fernandez uh, in all of Europe's top five leagues has been dribbled past more 
uh, more times than any player in the top five leagues since he moved to Chelsea. He's getting dribble pass and average three three times a game. Can we can we just take a moment to rest his soul in that penalty area at Dortmund? Because I don't what happened to him there. It looked like he was barely moving. That was ridiculous. <laughs> also, also, what that guy did to him. Oh, a, a double header, Enzo Fernandez start. He only lost one match at Benfica in his six months there, and he's lost three since joining Chelsea in January. Has he On, won a game yet? Uh, Palace, they beat them, didn't they? Just Oh, actually, Mike, that might have been before he joined. It feels like they haven't won for Look, months. Uh, have they won? Uh <laughs> no, he wasn't there. They, have they won a the game since the World Cup. Yeah, they won in the fifth on fifteenth of Jan against Palace. Okay, well, I mean, but yeah, Fernandez good in that because he was deadline day, wasn't he? So yeah, yeah that's right. And he's uh, now been there for funny. essentially a month. Mudrick looks pretty fun. He looks like someone who's played about eighty top flight games, and most of them were in Ukraine. To be fair, so. Yeah, he's raw. Yes, I'm sure he's he's gonna be he's gonna be good. But I mean, I, I don't really understand it with Enzo because he was playing in a team where they they're just carrying Messi around. He's doing double the running to carry someone who's not really doing any any work. You'd think that would be easier to play play at Chelsea. But are you saying that they should bring Aubameyang back into the fold, Ross? No, I would never, never bet that. <laughs> Have you seen that he's not in any of the squads? So he's just, he's just chilling, picking up a wage, training. He's not really? Like, he's not in the chat. I don't think he's in the Champions League or Prem squads now. What? No, he did play. He came on. Well, maybe he's in the Prem squad, but he's, he's definitely not in the squad, European yeah. squad. Oh, I was gonna say, surely he's in the Prem squad. Jeez. But they can't score a goal, and so a guy that can put the ball in the back of the net is not in their squad in Europe. I mean, it won't matter after a week on Wednesday or whatever it is when they go out, but... But, to be honest, I, I don't think Aubameyang's got anything anymore. And he literally, he gives you nothing other than that he's quick and can put the ball in the back of the net. And he's, he's not, not going to work too hard. No, yeah. but, he's but still... he scored 23 goals, which is one more than Bournemouth have scored. No, look, I, I, I actually think I would try him, because... It's just not working there, like Man City thing of just playing someone through the middle who's not a striker because they're just it's just not working. Havertz, Havertz is not he's not a striker. He, he's absolutely no good up there, I don't think. And it's harsh to criticise him for it because he isn't a striker and he's playing not so well out of position. They're playing Joe Felix again. I feel like he's always been shoehorned into being a front man. It's not really really what he is or what he's good at which is why that signing was a little bit weird obviously all they've got is Aubameyang as a natural natural front they've man. got that Fofana guy yeah and again more is what I would call him he's yeah. shown a couple of flashes but he's just not ready to play for for Chelsea in the break. yeah one and a half seasons in Norway doesn't really set you up for <laughs> being in a top six prem team usually well, I can't believe Chelsea couldn't find all this money they had. Someone, like I, I don't know, anyone. Like United went for Veghorst, you know, someone like that who's not like the biggest name, maybe, but who you could just 
use up there. I, I don't know who they exactly they could have gone for, but to, well, to be they, this bad at scoring made... goals is with this team. It's is... crazy, isn't it? How they can't produce more than that. They're averaging less than a goal a game. And it, it's getting pretty dull because they've also only conceded 25 goals. So Yeah. <laughs> they've been okay at the back. Just, just nothing, nothing is happening in their games and it sucks. But yeah, Dave mentioned uh, imports from Scandinavia. Obviously, Graham Potter was at Ostersunds. Um, yeah. How long is he going to keep his job? We're obviously a massive <laughs> Graham Potter podcast. It's it. It's a really difficult one because Potter's clearly a good coach, but maybe, I don't know how much. One, I don't think this Todd Burley guy is going to give him as much time as maybe he should. But secondly, maybe Potter actually just isn't a good match for Chelsea. Like, Potter, for me, always felt like if Arsenal parted ways with Arteta, which obviously they, the right thing and not, I'm not saying they should have, Potter always struck me as going to someone like Arsenal, maybe Man United, but the way Chelsea have been in the last few years, yeah, it's not really the job. I get why he took it, but there was maybe some, like the the sort of questions over the job wasn't ever Potter's ability. The questions really should have been from Potter's side as one is the squad of players even remotely okay to coach and manage? And secondly, Chelsea, for like 20 years, haven't exactly given managers much time. And obviously, they've got another owner after Abramovich. And this Todd Bowley guy didn't give two shall any time. So, I don't know. It's I I'm think... a fan of Potter, but I, I think maybe this just isn't going to work. And it's maybe best for him to, like, uh, it's one of those, he could stay and he does manage to turn it around, and it's just a blip. But if he tries to stay and it gets worse, it only lowers his own, like, sort of reputation and value for next move. I I, I don't think Potter's going to go anywhere. He's not going to resign or anything. I, I can't see that happening. I think, yeah, but I mean, I think they're going to suck him. That's the thing. Uh, I, it's because it's Chelsea is the reason I'm a little worried. I mean, I was... My initial thoughts were that they sacked Tuchel because they wanted to go for this... I don't want to... Well, I've read somewhere yeah, at the is. time that he, that Bowley liked the idea of having a young manager like Arteta and having a project with young players. Um... Obviously, I don't know how true that was. That's what but he the only, the only That's reason you get rid of someone like Tuchel. I mean, I don't know. I I never understood that at the time, anyway. But the only reason you would do that is to go for something like this, and then that's not going to work if you're going to. Because Arsenal had two years where it was really pretty rough, and we were yeah. eighth, ninth in the table, not looking great. But it took Arteta years to get most of the players in that he wanted. Whereas Potter's had a lot of players come in, you'd assume he's been involved and okayed a lot of this. I, I would assume so. You'd certainly hope so, wouldn't you? I, I have a feeling there's definitely a sprinkling of club signings in there. Yeah, because there have been so many, I guess. That's but the main reason why I think that. Like, I don't think for, for one minute that Arsenal are making moves without 
Arteta, Arteta's go ahead or say so. Because these things only work really if you have, if you've got a set way of playing, you asked are so much better now that they've got players that clearly fit the style. And, and I don't know, I don't, I think sacking Potter would, is a really bad look for Chelsea. Oh, I agree. But, um, I mean, yeah, Mike, I, 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 there must be some club signings because some of them I just didn't fully understand, given the money they ha- have had to spend. Because they've got so many players, they can't even register them all now. It's a classic Nottingham Forest from Chelsea. It's a Ross Bird on Football Manager, I think, is also what it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I mean, play devil's advocate on Potter. I do like Graham Potter, and I think he's a good coach. But the thing with Brighton was they would play great football and they wouldn't score, but everyone would be like, oh, you know, when well, it was Neil Mope, you can't score, and Danny Warbeck, who's never been a great goal scorer. So people sort of pushed it to one side and I guess assumed when he went to a better team, those problems would go away. And they're having exactly the same problems. And that they're winning almost all of their games on XG and aren't winning or scoring goals, which is a worrying pattern, potentially. Yeah, that's a good point. My worry for Potter... That is a that is an excellent point, Ross. My worry for Potter, I think, is that the the fan base seem to have given up on him. Definitely. When that happens, usually the next thing that happens is that the manager is gone. So even if I think that what you were saying, Ross, about Bowley and the project, and I think that that is what that, the signings line up with. That's what they're trying to do. So they can. If that's the case, they can write off this season, maybe even a bit of next season, so long as there's signs after Christmas next season that things are starting to come round because you've had another summer and another another January. But when the fans turn, it gets really tough, really tough. To, even if the owner doesn't want to sack them, it's always hard for them to keep their job. Yeah, so I hope if if he does look at Arsenal, like the fans had turned on Arteta, well and truly turned on him, and that's a player who played for the club and was well liked when he was at the club, captain the club. And, and does, fa- does that fans... help bring it back round though? When he uh, did start, to yes, a of I suppose because the the fans have a an affinity to him. I suppose. So yeah, so they could they could rewarm to him a lot quicker, whereas with. Potter, I don't know if I don't know if a lot of Chelsea fans ever actually warmed to him. And uh, I would guess that Tuchel was quite popular with the Chelsea fans. Yeah. And so there's the there's the fact that they got rid of he Tuchel to go for Potter. Maybe because I don't think Arsenal fans love Emery too much, although he's clearly clearly a good coach. Um. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean. One thing I feel with this Chelsea squad is whatever they do with Potter, one, like you say, with giving him a chance, the more managers they sort of quickly give the boot, the less and less uh, appealing the job even becomes for prospective managers. So that's something they need to watch as well. 
But I mean, just looking at their squad, if if I if I was Todd Bowley and and Potter, and just Chelsea as a whole, stick with Potter and like the amount of players they need to get off the books and stuff, like allow him to basically have like a squad that he actually wants. I mean, you've got Ziyech there who. The problem with Chelsea as well is they've got all these players on big money. Loads of them aren't playing. Maybe there's pressure for a Chelsea manager to try and rotate them. I don't know. But, I mean, Ziyech has got to go, surely. Conor Gallagher, I personally don't think he's good enough for Chelsea. Loftus-Cheek is the same. Shame about his injury, but I don't think he's good enough. I mean, you've got... Kulabali's not been brilliant, has he? If they're not going to play Trevor Chalaber, maybe offload Chalaber. Broges, I don't think good enough for them either. And then you've got some of the players they still have out on loan, for God's sake, like Lukaku, Hudson Adoy, Bakayoko, Malangsar, Babaraman. I mean, Ampadu, flipping out, to have all these guys on the books, like, surely. Allow part of the opportunity to at least and Pulisic again. Sorry, going back to the the more senior players who were there. I mean, allow him to get some of these guys off the books. Allow him to try and make his own squad from this sheer ridiculous amount of players that you have. And then if he adds some players that that they agree on and he wants going into next season, if it gets I don't know ten games into the season and they're doing crap. Yeah, maybe then it's a, a genuine cause to to get rid of him. But I feel like at the moment you've thrown him into a squad where Todd Bowley clearly doesn't know football. He's just signed loads of players. Doesn't make it's not. It feels like an unmanageable squad due to the size and the fact that they're very like top heavy in some positions, but then other positions there doesn't really seem to be any depth at all, like strikers. Let him have the chance to do whatever he can with this, like, Tuchel slash Todd Bowley pick-and-mix bloody squad and see if see if he can get something going uh, with, like, players that he wants to be there and players that want to be there. Because players like Pulisic, I mean, the guy was signed for loads of money. Same with Ziyech. They're on big money. They obviously still rate themselves as footballers. It can't be good for the squad to have players like that around who are probably moping that they're not playing all the time. I mean, if if he wants to get rid of Potter, I think it's uh, premature. But I, my thing is, who are they going to get instead? Because you look at that squad, is it really a squad that you want to... Like take on? I'm not sure it's that attractive. Uh, well, it will be in three years. That's the that's what I think. Anyway, they're going to be pretty good at some point, but they're just not right now. I mean, yeah, I mean, as you say, Dave, there's clearly loads of deadwood that's got to go. Um, I agree. Gallagher's not. I think probably a team like Palace is is where he should be starting every week, I think. Agreed. He's yeah. not going to be able to be the sort of player that he is, I don't think, at Chelsea. And, yeah, he's not good enough, certainly, to start every week for them, I don't think. I mean, yeah, I'd be surprised if Lukaku comes back in unless Potter's got ideas about 
using him, but he's made himself so unpopular. I'd be a little surprised because that probably won't help even with the fans either if he tries to bring Lukaku back in. I'd um, be if he plays again for Chelsea. Yeah, but he hasn't been doing great at Inter either. So, well, I mean, I don't want to pick on Will while he's not here, but um, whenever you'd say to him that Chelsea were were doing shit, his whole thing would be. You know, take take a team's two fullbacks away and they'd be better. Well, James and Chilwell are playing now and they're still shit. So something something else is not. And Thiago Silva went down, went off injured in the Spurs game, and he I, I would probably well I would say he's been their best player this season. I think it's pretty comfortable to say that he has been. That'll so. be a massive loss if he's out for any any period of time at all. Yeah. If he is. Definitely one of their best players. Um, we did a bit on the relegation battle last week, so I think it's worth touching on uh, a couple of big wins for West Ham and Leeds. I haven't seen much of these games, if I'm honest, but we we should definitely talk about them anyway. Four goals in, what, 18 minutes for West Ham or something silly, Dave? Yeah, nil nil at 70 minutes, and then somehow found themselves winning 4-0 against Forest. I mean... I'm sure Moyes and the fans are absolutely delighted with that. You are hoping for a result just for them to win. But to win 4-0, um, obviously, a huge, a huge score for anyone. I mean, I, admittedly, I did see the highlights. Obviously, didn't see the full game. They, It looks like, you know, they had 18 shots compared to not as far as eight. They... Pre-even possession, but free XG to 0.55, 12 corners. It looks like West Ham turned up um, and and finally cashed in some of those chances they've been creating in other parts of the season. Um, my thing is, I'm just interested to see where they kick on from here because you'd hope that starts to build some momentum for them now. I think that's, I think that's the thing with West Ham, like. Last season and the season before, they were very good at sort of going on unbeaten runs. They sort of got it together. This year, their problem has been that they're just too too sort of choppy, it feels like. Like, you don't know what West Ham's going to turn up. They could turn up and, like, this weekend win 4-0. And they can also turn up and look absolutely terrible against basically any any other team in the league, even those at the bottom. Um, but at face value from that game, brilliant result for them, and hopefully the start of them steering well away from the relegation battle is what you'd hope. Yeah, uh, big game for them next weekend, I think. Uh, Chelsea, isn't it? So the two teams we've just been talking about, Chelsea and West Ham. Oh, uh, no, sorry, mate, it's Chelsea Leeds. Chelsea Leeds. Oh, that's still interesting. Yeah, West Ham have got Brighton away, and then they have got Villa at home, and then uh, I think there's one other fairly big. Yeah, then they've got Man City, so that yeah, doesn't go. So. But then they have Southampton, so those five games are are pretty big for them as a whole. Yeah, I mean, if so. they get if you get slapped by Man City, how does which you might expect? But if it if it's a really big defeat. 
that could play into their result against Southampton. So it's really all to play for for their next five. Yeah, I think we've sort of been waiting for this result. Every week you're looking, waiting for this sort of moment for West Ham where they were going to sort of put it together. And they should have been up before before they were in this one. Um, I think the key for them is to just play more attacking football. That I think Moyes is sort of just, I think I said last week, just falling into this kind of slump of being afraid to, to play a bit more, a bit more offensively because they've certainly got the players and the players like Rice in the midfield they can sort of cover you playing that sort of more more attacking style so I reckon they'll kick on and, and be alright after this because um, they've stuck by Moyes to be fair I mean you'd probably yeah. say he's done well he probably earned some favour I guess but he's done pretty a lot of teams might have uh, had a switch up by, by now but um, yeah, enjoyed enjoyed that from them. Great goal from Bryce too. Love that. Yeah, uh, hopefully it's finally the start of the West Ham that we've all been saying we know are in there. Uh, so let's see how they get on. The next four or five games going to be pretty crucial by the looks of it. Uh, it's actually Leeds that play Chelsea next time, as we just discovered. And they beat Southampton at the weekend just about 1-0. That's a huge result for Leeds, isn't it? Yeah. And for Southampton. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, Leeds, That I think, unfortunately, for Southampton, they're the team where everyone that's playing them for the remainder of the season, if you're not getting three points, it's, uh, it's a big cause for concern for yourselves, especially if you're the team. One of the teams down there with them, like Leeds, um... Again, I didn't didn't watch this one. However, looking at the stats, uh, Leeds had way more possession. Southampton didn't really create anything by the looks of it. So, yeah, it looks like a, a deserved victory, to to say the least. Um, yeah, I think I think Leeds. I think Leeds probably will be fine. To be honest, I know that Javi Gracia isn't the Will they be fine? I don't know, actually. I forgot. He, he was <laughs> OK. He did a, a decent job at Watford, didn't he, I think? Yeah, he came 14th and then 11th. Was he, was he there when they went to the seasons. Cup final? Yeah, he was in charge when they got to the FA Cup final. The only the only thing why, why I hesitate with Leeds is most of the teams down there, you think, well, they'll be fine, like Wolves, West Ham, Leeds. But, but they're obviously down there, so... How, how much thinking they'll be okay? And Everton are a bit of a different animal now. They've got Dice, so um, on paper Leeds should be fine, but it's just a, weird, a bit of a weird one this season. Three of them have to go down. Two of them seem to be fairly nailed on: Bournemouth and Southampton. But that third spot could could be anyone's really. Yeah, this one dra- that win uh, drags them just above Everton, so out of the bottom three now. Uh, West Ham point above them and then yeah you've got Wolves, Leicester, Forest and Palace rounding out the uh, from 12th down to down to 20th so, a big club is going to have to go down this year well obviously Southampton and Bournemouth if, we, if they're going to go down so there's one more and a lot of those teams are pretty well established 
apart I mean, from really Nottingham Forest. Yeah, Bournemouth, you'd, you'd probably have said at the start of the season we're going to go. Yeah. Uh, Southampton were on a fair few people's lists, in fairness, as well. Yeah. Well, I think if you looked at their squad start the season, you'd probably been pretty worried. Um, I think Southampton are gone, if I'm being honest. I can't, I can't yeah. see them. I mean, they've hired the interim coach now, so that's pretty much nail and coffin, I think. Yeah, we know what that means. Goodbye. <laughs> I, I, I'm just not as worried about Everton with Dyche. I know we talked about this last week, but I think it'll be Leeds, Bournemouth, Southampton, if I'm being honest. I could see that. I mean, Leeds, Forest are a four above the drop. They could maybe get dragged in. Leicester is still not that convincing. It's, uh, I'd, uh yeah. Whenever it's weird. I feel worse. Madison, you can forget about them. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He's one of those players that can sort of carry them. But I'd be more worried about Forest than I am about Leicester, Wolves and West Ham, potentially, but. I would say so. And then, yeah, you've got Leeds and Everton. Yeah, that last spot is going to be a proper scrap this year. Because <laughs> I, I think they've all got to play each other quite a lot still, it seems like. So. All, all of them play each other still, I think. Yeah, as we, as we were, were laying it out last week, it looks uh, pretty tasty, the next. What have we got left? 14-ish games at the bottom. Oh, it's going to be fun. Probably not fun, fun for any of the actual fans of those Well, clubs. no, that is true. How many points <laughs> do you reckon keeps you up this year? Doesn't look like they're going to get to 40 down there. I reckon someone will stay up with about 36, 37. Yeah, where are we at the moment? The cut line's 22 through 24, so yeah, you're probably looking was at about... 40 the, was that 30, the classic 30. safe point, was it? Yeah. That's what everyone 40, used to say, yeah. but... I don't think that's been accurate for a while now. Forty is the Tony Pulis magic number. Yeah. Chelsea are only on 31. (laughs) Well, I mean, if they don't beat anyone for the rest of the season, they could go. (laughs) At this point, you'd not. Chelsea Chelsea are closer to the drop than top four, by the way. (laughs) That's crazy. They might never score again. If that happens, they, they probably will go down. Just how funny would it be, though, honestly? <laughs> but I don't think boys in the championship. Will back on the podcast. No, I think I think he'd be the end for Will, wouldn't it? It'd be tough. It'd to be an all-time final episode, though. <laughs> it really He'd just be. crying down the mic. I mean, you, you probably would be upset, to be fair, but dear, oh dear. It would. I be mean, you would, but God, the the championship points record would be on surely. <laughs> who stayed with the championship scrap down there? In all fairness, the dead wood would suddenly become pretty nice wood in the championship. Hudson and no, Aubame- would, would, would destroy the championship. Just throw that out there. Yeah, that'd be ugly. If there is, I think there still is a championship fantasy football, and if there is, you should really pick him up next season when he's. I really hope Will listens to this. I don't think Will's going to make it this... If he does listen to this, he probably hasn't made it 51 minutes in. I, I was contemplating just saying how Chelsea were actually playing really well, just to see if Will would listen to this. <laughs> but, yeah, just as a test, see if he listens. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if he gets it this far and finds out we're talking about their relegation chances, I don't think he's going to be too too happy. Oh, well, I think he'll probably agree with us. They're the only team in the top <laughs> half with a minus goal difference. They've lost, more game, they've lost more games than they've won. 
Tenth counts as top half, doesn't it? Yeah. 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 Yeah, they're in the top half by by six goals. Oh, lastly, Will, if you're still listening, you're not going to catch Fulham this season, so drink that in. <laughs> that is really funny as well, to be fair. <laughs> That's tough with that statue outside the ground. <laughs> you can't be losing to them. Oh, they've got Fulham has scored 13 them. more goals than Chelsea in one extra game. Eight points ahead. And I just That's feel better crazy. about watching Fulham as well, which is crazy. They're so much better to watch. Fair well, I'll say that, but I don't, think, I don't think I've watched the Chelsea game this season. I'm trying to stay away from them now. <laughs> from what I'm hearing, you don't fucking want to. They're on the Spurs hit list now. And, and this, <laughs> this Super Sunday, Chelsea matched up against Spurs. I mean, who's going to watch that at 1.30 on a Sunday afternoon? Look, I, I watch any kind of dead rubbers normally, but I didn't want to watch this, if I'm being honest. No, it, it was all about the old firm at two, let's be honest. I'm not one for the SPL either. It wasn't the uh, SPL, so it was the Cup. Yeah, it was, it was the, their version of the Carabao, wasn't it? Didn't one of their managers, was it the Celtic manager? Oh, no, it was um, Michael Beer, wasn't it? He said, um, it's the biggest derby in world football. Yeah, I couldn't believe that. What would be the biggest derby in world football? Boca River Plate? That is huge. El Clasico. You'd probably go El, El Clasico. Boca River Plate's a good shot, you know, I wouldn't have, wouldn't have gone Celtic for that. Rangers, that Celtic Rangers, Rangers would be up there, I'd have thought. Oh, maybe you're right. I just sort of laughed it off. Particularly when Scott Brown was playing. Uh, Yeah. This is up there for local. Like, in terms of rivalry derbies, like, well, maybe Boca River Plate's actually even up there, but. I suppose, yeah, going local. Oh, Boca River. (laughs) (laughs) Just because some wazzit came on the pitch and whacked Grealish. No, I mean. I mean, Celtic Rangers is pretty fiery, to be fair. It's pretty much everything a derby you'd expect. Yeah, I'd say before Rangers got sent down to Div 3, that was... Those were like the, those were the glory days of the old firm. Scott derby. Brown just baiting yeah. out the whole Rangers team, and some idiot would fall for it every single game. Chris Boyd, <laughs> Kyle Lafferty, those sort of days. Oh, yeah. Jelovic, oh, Barry Ferguson. Oh, yeah. Craig Gordon when he was there before. Kenny Miller giving it big on both sides. Was, that, was Ali McCoy's the coach then? Yeah, he would have been around. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Neil anything, Lennon. Anything Ali McCoy's stopped just there. Van Dijk and Van Yammer at Celtic as well. I always forget Van Dijk was at Celtic. Yeah. Wild, isn't it? Nakamura. Samaras. Oh, yeah. What a player. That's Nakamura, right. not Samaras. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you've got an opinion on the biggest derby in world football, please let us know. It's probably not Brighton Palace, the M23 derby. <laughs> but um, Jordan Ayew's playing in his system. <laughs> it can't possibly be a derby with him involved. Um, all right, I think we'll pack it in there. Will, if you have made it this far, well done. And to anyone else, to <laughs> anyone else, if they've made it this far, well done. That's 55 minutes of your life you will never get back. Um, all right, Dave, if people want to follow you, where can they do that? Uh, it's at Dave Harris underscore 44. Ross has finished his seven up. Ross, where can they follow you? Uh, at Ross underscore bird 14. Excellent. And uh, you can follow me at Mikey Breslin. But, but please don't. Please instead follow us all at In The Round Podcast uh, on all the socials. And yeah, 
Sayonara.